Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly indie games podcast. We bring you indie games news and a cool little release section. We also talk about some indie games on Kickstarter and so much more. And of course, I ask my co-host Josh some weird questions about his life. Oh, um, not more not of these. Like, yeah, it's not like... um. I haven't gotten super weird with it recently, but it's about to get you never weird. know. Yeah, it, it might. You never know, kind of thing. Uh, so I'd like to start off with a great segment I call "What the Hell Has Josh Been Playing This Week?" Uh, yeah, take it away, Big Josh Boy. I think we should keep that title. Also, not Big Josh Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been playing uh, a few games, but the main one I'll talk about is uh, Pop Up Dungeon. Um, so Pop-Up Dungeon is a game that is currently in beta phase right now. Uh, I found it uh, while stumbling through uh, the Steam library, just going through my queue of different games. And it looks pretty interesting. It's it's basically this game where you, uh, as it sounds, Pop-Up Dungeon, it kind of looks like a pop-up book. And the way it works is you have either a party of one to five characters that you choose out of... Uh, it's like 15 plus characters, but I think they're still constantly working on new ones. Um, but they all have different roles, and it, it basically plays kind of like a tactical uh, RPG. So you have your main character that you walk through a dungeon or various rooms because they're all procedurally generated, and they go through different maps that you might see. And so you open doors and walk through and find little uh, knickknacks or things that you can all break down by clicking on them they'll all go away but then as you walk into a room that has enemies you'll then go into the fighting phase where it turns into more of like a tactics game kind of like a fire emblem or uh, final fantasy tactics um and it's it's basically each character that you have has different uh cards you know who would have guessed another card game that I'm talking about? Um, yeah, you sure do hate cards. I games. sure do. So anyway, so each each card is represented by an ability that that class has. Um, and the cool thing is you basically play through the game, and as you're going, you'll find different equipment or different perks that will add new cards or new abilities or make the cards better for that class you're specifically playing with. The way it works is you basically walk through a dungeon or whatever that map is, fight three battles with enemies, and then you're able to continue to the next one. 
And right now, this is definitely a very beta-esque type game. There's a lot of things that were initially promised in the Kickstarter that are not there yet, and that's fine because it's not released yet. Um, but what is coming that I'm really excited for is they're planning on making it so you can actually create your own cards, create your own classes, uh, play with uh, co-op, so multiplayer, um, which I don't know how far up it will go to, but since there are five characters possibly have you know yourself and four buddies playing at the same time um so there's a lot there that is a potential amazing game in my eyes anyway um there's a little a lot of little things that i think um obviously being in beta it's not really at fault but i think things that they could add to make it a little bit more interesting um the levels, although it's really cool that while you're walking through, the map will like generate by itself, like the tiles will fall from the sky and build in front of you, which I think is really, it's such a cool, unique twist to the way you're going through. Um, but unfortunately, if you're not finding a battle, you're really just walking through, you know, these random halls with nothing really to look at other than the possibility of maybe a, a treasure chest or some, uh, some item that you use um so i think i think it could definitely benefit from things like maybe putting in different traps or having like bosses rather than just the three fights each time um the enemies do change and they all have various special you know attacks or techniques um but i was a little little upset that going through to the 10th level there wasn't any like major boss or any you know major change to the game it just kind of kept repeating of the enemies got a little harder and you get more unique weapons, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for the most part, like I said, it's still in beta. So from what they have, it, it was actually pretty pretty cool to, to pick up. Um, right now, the Kickstarter is already closed out, um, but you're able to back them through their PayPal uh, account. So I ended up just doing that. And by uh, paying for the $15 tier, I was able to get the beta access and then whenever the game does fully release i'll have it basically oh that's cool yeah so i and i haven't seen I, i've heard about this but i've never actually done one of these cases of being like oh uh you know the kickstarter is still technically open through paypal and i can get the game now if i want um i've seen this but never gone through it and i was kind of confused when i was scrolling through because i saw it and like on steam and you can't get it from steam so it just says coming soon but i i ended up looking at their kickstarter to know more about it and that was one of the things that they said on there was like hey you can actually get it by going through paypal right now and paying the money and i was like all right i'll give it a try yeah that sounds a little sketchy <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, just giving the money on PayPal, they're just like, yeah, I mean, uh, Kickstarter has some weird limitations that we actually have to give you something, so just feel free to wire me money on PayPal, I promise. I'll give you that beta access. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was an official-looking Kickstarter PayPal page thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it, 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 looked, it looked like it wasn't going to screw me over too much, so I, I went for it, took the risk. Um, but it was interesting because, like, the game strangely came from Humble Bundle, even though, like, I used their PayPal account. It ended up being a Humble Bundle, like, email, and I redeemed my code through there and then put it on Steam. So going through a lot of different hoops to get this game. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe it's something like uh, Wondersong, how it was published with Humble Bundle or through Humble Bundle. Uh, I don't think so. But... Or it might be. Yeah, I just, I think they 
they have partnered with them as a, a game that you can buy through their service. But I don't know if it's specifically being uh, published by Humble Bundle. I'll have to check into that, but I don't know off the top of my head. Sorry, I totally had to yawn. Oh my gosh, I keep <laughs> yawning. It's kind gotcha. of pissing me off. I know, such a such a captivating story. <laughs> oh, it is published <laughs> no, by Humble Bundle, actually. No, the game actually looks really cool. It's published by Humble Bundle? Yeah, it is. Okay, so that's, Boom, that's definitely dude. why. This fucking kid. I'm an expert on indie games, guys. That's why I have an indie games podcast and so nobody listens hey, to Hey, man, it. I would have been able to tell you the developer, <laughs> not the publisher. All right? Close enough. <laughs> well, the game has a really cool art style. It's exactly like a pop-up book. That's yeah. really dope. I mean, the characters are all weird and boxy. Yeah, it, it looks... You could but assume that's... that I don't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's one of the cool things about like the the creation part to it because it seems like they're going to let you actually do a lot of this on your own like for the pre-alpha trailer they show uh, a whole section of like creating your own cards and it's like it's balanced in a certain way where you can't make it crazy op i don't know how you know realistic that's going to be as far as the the scaling of it but i mean we'll see once that's actually out i was a little upset with the beta that that part wasn't in it but obviously that kind of you know content would take a lot more time so we'll see yeah that kind of makes sense uh for me what i've been playing this week sadly no indie games um i'm still waiting on my freaking order from limited run games I pre-ordered one thing and purchased another, and for some reason, neither. Or, I mean, the the one I pre-ordered makes sense, but the other one is like, Psh, you had it in backstock, bitch. That's why it was on sale. <laughs> Send me this fucking game. Which, yeah, that's a whole story. But mostly this week, I've just been playing Neo. I picked it up for a decent price um, at a local game store called VIP Game Store, and I've just been, like, playing that on PS4 really good. I love the samurai aesthetic, so naturally i'd want to play that game plus um i don't know i find it a little bit more forgiving than dark souls at times um and then at other times it really pisses me off and i hate my life so there's two sides to that coin sounds like a great time have you ever played neo oh you i keep thinking you don't have a ps4 god no, damn I it do. <laughs> I don't know yeah every never... time it comes up i, I just think you don't have one no, I do. I I haven't tried the game out though. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll pick it up. Yeah, you're all about to get good games. Get... It's pretty interesting. Uh, okay. Well, maybe we'll see. I don't know if I'm. I mean, I'm it like... has the the standard leveling that Dark Souls does, where you gain like souls, which is this is called uh, like Amarita. I think is I I don't know necessarily if that's correct pronunciation, mm-hmm. um, but. After after you do all that, you also get like samurai skills, which you can then invest in different skills that uh, unlock different portions of gameplay. So like I could uh, I use swords a lot, uh-huh. so I unlocked a samurai skill ability to draw my sword really quickly just out of the sheath, and it does a quick slice. It's really cool. Um, instead of wearing Dark Souls, you get specific items, and then they do special things. This is like oh yeah, you could just do that. Uh, it's pretty cool. Okay. That's Other good. than there's a surprising lack of backstab unless you do a mission and then you also purchase it with a samurai point ability. <laughs> or you, you purchase the ability with a samurai point. That is a little bit annoying. But you could still drop down on enemies, which is cool. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's something. <laughs> yeah it's a really fun game it, it's like explores uh like the mythology of yokai which um i mean 
if Arrow was on, he'd tell you all about Yokai <laughs> and how he loves Yokai Watch. So I feel like, like every he's time not. I feel like every time he's not here, we always bring something up where we're like, he should probably be here for this. Yeah, he definitely could put in some input. Like, I'm honestly surprised we don't have like 12 Mon Tamer stories today. It's kind of just blows my mind. Like Monster Crown announces that they're coming out tomorrow, and he's sitting there watching that new like Broly Dragon Ball Z thing. I think. <laughs> wow, he'll, he'll he'll figure it out when he comes out. You know what? He'll also figure out as well is that we are going into the indie game news story. So our first news story is over on Polygon. This is written by Owen S. Good, and it is Celeste DLC won't be ready on its anniversary, uh, but it will be free, which Ooh. is really exciting. I always love free DLC. You got to enjoy that, like uh, the Shovel Knight DLC. Um, I mean, you kind of kind of cross cross your fingers that the. Uh, what is it? The Picnic Panic DLC for the Messenger will be free. I'm assuming. I I think. Oh man, know. I don't know if it was announced that it was free. I want to say it was, um, but it, it's escaping me right now. I mean, the majority of indie games when they put out DLC, it's free, and it's kind of just a way to get people to actually purchase the game in the first place, and then they also have additional DLC. Like Hollow Knight, all of its DLC packs were free with the the purchase of the game so i'm assuming so but we're not talking about those we are talking about celeste um (laughs) the thank you dlc that matt thorson is making for celeste and its many fans won't be ready in time for the game's first birthday january 25th thorson said yesterday but the platformers creator did share a few details about what's in store uh farewell levels will be as promised hard after the current hardest levels in difficulty thorson clarified there will be new items and game mechanics but no strawberries and to reiterate all of this will be free on all platforms um it is all one continuous chapter no b-side thorson said um and then he says uh, and then it goes on to this weird thing where a fan asked them if they were finally gonna add ridley which i'm not gonna click on the link because i feel like it might take me to some weird place um (laughs) but (laughs) and and then of course the article says all kidding aside you can get it uh for free if you are an xbox live gold uh member and you have that subscription make sure you guys go pick that up it is awesome and you guys will get some free dlc later on but I've been playing Celeste uh, quite a bit. Um, I Well, not recently, but I played a lot of Celeste beforehand. And I'm really excited for this DLC. Um, I probably won't play it because I'm really just in it for the story. Unless it like brings in an, a new like entire bit of narrative uh, to it with this DLC, I probably won't hop in for it. But it's really cool, especially for those who are like gameplay is king. <laughs> yeah i don't know that's kind of where where my head was at with this is i was wondering if that would actually add anything to the story of celeste because i think that would be interesting to have an extra piece to it to have more of you know that world um but more than likely i'm sure it's just going to be hey here's you know a hell run of the game that's much harder and try and get good and beat it which there's obviously people out there like did you watch um the games done quick marathon run of celeste it was like last no week. but i know you're obsessed with games done quick dude i love <laughs> games done quick it's the best oh so good 
Um, but no, so I watched, I forget uh, who the speedrunner is for, for the Celeste one, um, but God, he was <laughs> crazy. It's like you spend so many times uh, dying. You spend so much time trying to figure out that one correct you know, combo to get through it. And even when you know what you're supposed to do, you still die half the time because you're like, oh, I just can't stop fat fingering this. And he just rushes through it <laughs> in a matter of minutes. And you're like, well, I will never get to this point. There is no point of trying. There are some people that are just too good at games. It's like creepy <laughs> yeah. how good they are. Yeah. I, I already know that I'll never I, – I, my skills pale in comparison <laughs> to theirs. Like mine is a molehill and theirs is Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. But I, I don't know because I um I played all through Celeste and I got through it just fine without ever putting on the baby mode. Um, You're cool. But I never went through the B-side ones. So if this is even harder than that, I don't know where I would be on the scale of being able to complete it. And I also don't know if what he means by after the current hardest levels in difficulty means like you have to complete all of the B-side tracks or, you know, something to to actually unlock this. Or if it's just going to be like, hey, as long as you complete the story, you'll be able to play this extra DLC level. I don't think you're going to have to beat them. I, I think it'll probably be just after the story um, because their subtitle on this Polygon article is just levels will be harder than the current hardest difficulty. I think that's what he means by it, but that could be me and uh, Owen S. Good just reading into his, his quotation when he might actually mean, yeah, bitches, get through the B-sides and then you get to play this. Yeah. I never mean, know i don't I don't know but regardless if it's if it's something that i don't have to beat the b-sides for i'll probably pick it up just to check it out i mean it's free so i might as well um and celeste is a damn good game so why not um but one thing before we go to the next topic i just wanted to correct uh what we're excuse me what we were talking about with the messenger it will be free oh boom dude well that's not correcting i said it was going to be i free, mean well so. I, and, okay, just saying well, indie games expert here i told you oh yeah so. yeah, yeah, of course of course of course excuse you just me. believe me excuse me i'm so sorry <laughs> so speaking of really good games we are heading over to our next story this is once again on polygon uh this written by allegra frank frank Jesus, why can't I read ever? Just, it's an issue. It's it's like a plague. Um, Valve slaps Wonder Song, a very real game, with fake game restrictions. So I actually saw Greg Lobanov tweeting about this uh, just recently. And if you guys did not know, we actually interviewed Greg Lobanov for our first developer interview. So make sure to check that one out. He is a very nice guy, nice. and I was I'm it's I'm very sad to hear that they're slapping his game uh but it actually is a really nice story when you get to the bottom of it uh so valve's committed to valve's commitment to keeping illegitimate games off steam has led to increased uh vigilance over the last six months a series of restrictions put in place to ward off these so-called fake games however has caught at least one totally real game in a, in the crossfire um there's a lot of meat to this article that doesn't necessarily need to be there when it gives you a lot of like background and stuff like that. Um, it talks about how initially when the game released, uh, they had just like some weird shit go on. Um, oh yeah, uh, developer Greg Lobanov tells Polygon that Valve first flagged Wondersong when it launched in September. Um, that is, ver that it's veracity? Veracity? 
What is that word that I'm just totally blanking on? <laughs> that its veracity remains. Veracity. What? I'm trying to look for what what paragraph you're on. <laughs> oh, the, uh, yeah, veracity. Okay, that its veracity uh, remains under deliberation is a surprise. Um, and then he kind of goes on to talk about how they basically think uh, Wondersong is a fake game because of its kind of meteoric success, in a sense. Um, basically, there are... 200 and um there are only three negative reviews out of 269 reviews um at the time of this written article and it seems that is actually the reason why they believe this game is fake um because it's possible that people might come up uh with uh, they basically make a fake game to possibly i'm assuming make money and then they make thousands of fake accounts that like that and give it a very positive score so that people will purchase into it um Valve confirmed to Polygon, this is an update to the story on January 9th, uh, Valve confirmed to Polygon and Lobanov that the restrictions on Wondersong were the result of a glitch. The company is now working to correct the bug that applied the same restrictions given to uh, truly dubious games uh, to Wondersong and other legitimate ones. Um, and then it went on kind of like Valve told us, and then it's this big bit of PR speak. But if we're being real, I totally think that's bullshit. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, no, it was totally a bug. I just, I, I don't, I mean, I don't believe it, but that's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it's a, like when I first saw this, I just thought this was so hilarious. It sucks for for greg and for wonder song in general but i just thought it was such an interesting like oh your game is so good that uh you're not a game get out of here like so ridiculous and the weird thing about this game being flagged is like if you're being flagged and under review how long does it really take to you know install this game play it for a bit and be like oh yeah it's an actual game like what like what is this review process is anyone looking at it or do they just flag it and just be like it'll just stay here until someone bitches about it i mean it makes you wonder like it it says i mean it's possibly automated like this is it's not something that a person thought of but yeah what who in like qa um at valve is thinking that this game isn't a real game when like you said it is pretty easy but in an article we'll see pretty later um we uh, pretty later we'll see in just a little (laughs) bit um that valve has like 30,000 different games on its store and I understand why it would be hard to possibly go and like check to make sure each one of them is an actual game by like downloading it especially because of just your bandwidth let alone um, issues with internet just in general but yeah I feel like this is it's really dumb (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know it's a it's a weird case because you could probably say the same thing for a lot of games out there that aren't actually games that it is doing its job for so it's one of those things where you don't complain about it until it does the wrong thing so yeah maybe you know this is just us knowing now that the fact that it did screw up it being like oh well you should be better versus like you know maybe this was working just fine for a long time and now there's just these unique cases which it is very rare for someone to have such a positive like review even the like most of the games that have an overwhelmingly positive score on steam generally won't have 100 percent. that's very very rare yeah yeah that's very true there are a lot of games on steam that just kind of get 
shit on or just people don't like them for really petty reasons but wonder song is a very good game um it seems like the the things that i mean in in a sense it is not terrible that uh that these restrictions are being slapped on them because it's kind of just uh the only people it would be affecting is people like me um supposedly it's just kind of affecting like the card system where you won't be able to unlock cards and some other achievement based systems so it's not keeping people necessarily from purchasing the game which is very good because if it did that'd be super fucked up um but yeah, it's it sucks. It definitely sucks. Being penalized for your success is kind of depressing. But um, for more on Valve, we are actually moving over to our next story. Let me load it up because I was not prepared <laughs> for my own transition. Uh, this is on PC Gamer, written by James Davenport. Uh, Valve announces eight changes coming to Steam in 2019. So you pointed out that I could just easily like go down to the bottom of this article because the rest of the article kind of seems like PR speak with the exception of the one line that I think is absolutely fantastic. And it is, I look at one sexy anime game and suddenly Steam thinks I'm the sexy anime guy, game guy. <laughs> That's who he is. Sexy anime yeah. game guy. That's uh, I really Dunford. hope that the... Yeah, I really hope that the fact that we constantly look up like anime titty games because they're just indie games makes your Steam recommendations <laughs> fucking terrible. No, no. I, I really hope it is. No, no. <laughs> Whenever I do that, I use the online version of Steam so it's not connected to my account. <laughs> oh, you're such a turd. <laughs> I'm not going to get that. I still get weird stuff like that in my list, though, where it'll be like there's so many Steam games where it's like these graphic novel games. And I'm like, I don't want these. I don't even know why this is coming up. So like, I understand what he's talking about. I have no idea why it's even in my queue. And for some reason, there's just there's so many games that are just overflowing into my queue of platformers that I want to play. That's very true. I mean, I as a weird aside, since we're talking about just random like advertisements and them telling you you should play a game uh, based on what you looked at, I don't know what the fuck I looked at on my computer. But once again, I'm getting weird ass advertisements. Like I apparently there's like advertising agencies just think I'm having issues pooping <laughs> because they keep they're like need fiber in your diet. Here's like fucking oatmeal, and then there was a Miralax ad. I what the fuck? Uh, I old man Vaughn. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like I just noticed it on this one because there was a Miralax ad in the beginning, and then I just saw like need fiber in your diet. I'm like, do they just think I have issues like going to the bathroom? <laughs> I, Maybe. I don't uh, There's a fuck another one. There's an advertisement for fiber. Okay, whatever. Okay. Uh, so the bullet points for this are store discoverability, Steam China, Steam Library update, new event system, Steam TV, Steam Chat, Steam Trust, and Steam PC Cafe program. Which, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, we are going to officially ship a new PC Cafe program. Uh, so that players can have a good experience using Steam in hundreds of thousands of PC cafes worldwide. I, that doesn't tell me what the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah, so basically this is a list of all the 2019 Steam initiatives of like things that they want to accomplish throughout this year. Um, all of them, I'm look, like I look at and I'm pretty 
underwhelmed uh, just because I'm not really interested in them partnering with China, which I'm sure Chinese people might be. Uh, I really don't know what their opinions on Steam would be. Uh, Steam TV, which I don't have, so I don't care about. Steam Chat, uh, which is a new mobile app so that I can use Steam and talk to friends on the go. But like I would never because I have Discord. I, I This is one of the things that I was very upset with when Steam revamped their whole chat app uh, just a few months back, uh, back last year, is like they're trying to compete with Discord now out of nowhere. But they're doing it where half of these new changes they're making keep breaking the service that was already working. And it's like, if you guys are just going to put out all this stuff that's breaking what normally was actually a useful tool for me, then like I don't want it. I, I've had so many times when it first came out, the new chat, that I just could not connect online and I couldn't play games with my friends because of it. And it's like, well, hmm, so you're telling me because you want me to have a new UI for my chat system, I can't use the basic functionality of Steam, which is load my game and play it with someone online. So it's like, I don't really trust them on a lot of their changes. But the one thing that I do think is interesting and I... Uh, I really don't know how to how to feel about it just because I don't know a lot about machine learning other than it's the future um, is basically that store discoverability. We're working on a new recommendation engine powered by machine learning that can match players to games based on their individual tastes. So um, what's interesting. That still sounds like it's going to send you to. Anime what's, yeah. What's interesting about this <laughs> is I'm like, well, what's different about what they're already doing with the recommendation system now? Like, isn't that kind of what we already have for my queue? Isn't it giving me recommended games? Like, what what was my recommended before? Just a random list of games that, like, had nothing uh, to do with me? <laughs> like, Yeah, honestly, it seems like it's exactly the same thing that they initially had. Uh, they're, I mean, in my head, but this is just me being cynical at this moment, I, I think they're kind of, like, really hearing the fact that everybody says the issue with steam is discoverability of video games and they're just like yeah let's say that we're working on discoverability when really it's this sounds exactly like what they have now (laughs) so i don't so they say they're building more uh broadcasting and curating features um so we'll see what that entails um i don't know what exactly they would do to broadcast things differently um, because they already do a pretty good job. Uh, I wouldn't say good job in the sense of we're finding a lot of games, but they do blast a lot of those recommendations to you right away. So I don't know what they would do other than just changing it to more games. Um, but I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes because if they are going to up their system, uh, now would be the time since all of this, you know, uh competition is coming into play with discord and with epic games coming uh to have their own system and their own shop so to speak um i don't know really if that's enough um obviously they're once again we've we've talked about this before they're they're pretty much fine like they're not going to go down there's no way you can take down that beast in this short amount of time but like over the long term are these going to be what sets them apart and keeps them on top i don't know yeah you have to i mean 
now that I think about it, maybe something that they're trying to build isn't necessarily like how Steam seems now is if you look at a game, it recommends games that are similar to that to you. Whereas maybe that they're maybe they're trying to work on the games that you individually purchase and the games that uh, like, I don't know, maybe based on the amount of time you put into a game, how many achievements you unlock, mm. something like that. Yeah, maybe um, it might change instead of just what you look at. But I, I'm not really sure, but yeah, um, it's, they're definitely, I would say, I'm not going to say like at the Epic game store is eating their lunch right now, but Epic is really in the news recently with Ubisoft, like partnering with them to publish uh, the PC versions of, uh, what is it? The division two on the Epic game store exclusively. Um, there's there's just a lot of shit and let alone we have a news story that's coming up later that is actually a news cram that we're not necessarily really going to cover um but there's a news story about a small indie game developer uh kind of working with epic to dissuade people from using unity and instead um i'm assuming use the unreal engine which a big part of the Epic Game Store is that if you use the Unreal Engine to develop your games, they do not take a cut out of your profits, out of your your revenue. They don't take a revenue share. So I don't know. I honestly, it's it's really making me wonder how we initially talked about like Steam um, and their new like revenue split and how it would hurt indie game or indie developers. We initially spoke about how like if. Oh, we initially spoke about if people were going to kind of abandon ship and move to Epic, and you said it would be somewhat annoying because, of course, you've got so many games on Steam and stuff like that. Um, but Epic is really incentivizing not only players to hop over to their service, but also like indie devs or just developers in general to hop over. So I'm really excited to see what happens from this because as the old adage goes, uh, competition breeds excellence. So either Steam is going to like, I, I don't know, either Steam is going to change or they will die. Uh, a lot of people are hoping that this is going to force them to start publishing games again which i believe they've gone on record saying that they want to get back into it um especially with like how artifact came out so i mean i i guess it's not like it has like record low sales um at this point in time yeah but it wasn't a good I first one really... to come back with so yeah right um but, of course, now it is time to move on to another story. Uh, this is over on Twinfinite, written by Grayson Morales, and it is Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom sales ratio on Switch is 8 to 1 versus other platforms. Uh, I really like that this is directly after the Valve and uh, them announcing new stuff because it is so fucking cool. The indie games, let a, just games in general seemingly, uh, third-party games, are moving over to Switch and they're selling so much more. Eight to one is an amazing difference to be selling on Switch, which I really wish that I could just talk to people and really understand why um, that they're purchasing so many games on Switch. Is it like, I don't know, is it the fact that they can take it anywhere? Um, because I, I mean, I don't have a commute. I don't have anywhere that I would necessarily take my Switch, so I only ever keep it in the dock and I play it when I get home. But 
I don't know. You 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 take it with you. Can you give me any sort of insight onto to why games are selling so much better on Switch? I it's truly mind-boggling. It's amazing that they are because we are getting so many amazing indie games that are doing so well on Switch. Um, but I yeah, I really don't understand why they are. It's, it's mind-boggling. So um, so from my point of view, anyway, um, the Switch is really nice for uh, for situations uh not even where uh i'm traveling but and i've said this before is like when i'm with my wife um we'll generally we'll eat dinner and then she usually wants to watch something on tv and i don't want to stop spending time with her and i don't want to take the tv away because we only have one tv in the living room where you know we both would sit and i still want to spend time with her so it's easy for me to pick up the switch and just have it as you know that handheld console and still be with her while she's watching her show and maybe you know i'll pay attention to it if i'm playing a game where i can kind of multitask that doesn't require as much you know uh attention attentiveness to it um but because of that it's it's always been one of my favorite con or consoles so far just because of that ability to be able to quickly switch it to have it in that dock station and then be like, oh, someone else wants to use the TV or I don't want to use the big screen. I'm just going to, uh, you know, take it out of the, the docking station and just play it handheld mode. And I think uh, it's it's really, it feels right with the handheld mode in a lot of cases for many of these games that are indie style because a lot of them have very pick up put down kind of mentalities um especially if you're talking about like a lot of the roguelike indies where it's usually one run two runs and then you're like okay i'm good and it's nice to just be able to pick it up play it for a little bit and then put it down likewise with traveling like whenever i go on airplane rides it's great especially for me because i have a huge fear of flying so like being able to take all of my energy and focus on just playing in the game and not worrying about where I'm at is a tremendous experience just because I don't want to be freaking out for, you know, anywhere from two to six hours, depending on where I'm going in the country. All right, then. I was, yeah, I was just really curious as to why games are selling so much better on Switch, which is kind of interesting because now, um, especially since we have this uh, section of our podcast called, uh, called God Bless the Crowd, um, we're seeing so many more games that aren't necessarily announcing console ports as Switch goals as it's just the Switch, or they're initially just coming to Switch and PC. Um, that's so cool. And it's, I mean, it's because they know that they can make so much more money on the Switch and it's such a viable platform for them. So I'm I'm super excited yeah. for more games and I think, to come to the Nintendo Switch. And I think another reason why that might be is because of um, the, the audience for Switch. Um, there's, you know, this is a household kind of more younger audience that's going to have these and they wouldn't have had a lot of exposure or access to many of the other indie games beforehand um, and it just makes it a lot more accessible especially with nintendo being so heavy in uh you know the 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 indie market right now because of last year with the exclusion of uh you know let's go pikachu and eevee as well as super smash brothers they really didn't have a lot so it was such a flood of just all these different indie titles that people you know you heard every other day all of these indies coming out so it just became that like 
this is the spot for indies. This is where we know they're showing up. Yeah, and there's people like me who specifically buy the Nintendo Switch as an indie machine. So there you go. Even though the majority of the indies I really enjoy are platformers and the Nintendo Switch has literally the worst fucking D-pad I've ever touched in my life. <laughs> I know. It was so hard to play Celeste with that. Luckily, I did not. Uh, and the, the platformers that I have on it, I have purchased again on my PS4 so I can play it there. Because it was cheaper than buying a Pro Controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just bought Which it. is like, as an aside, a Pro Controller is like $75. Uh, Nintendo... Anybody listening to this and it might work in Nintendo, you can eat my ass. That's excessive. That's that's just fucked up. I mean, the battery life on that thing is ungodly. It's like a 40-hour lifespan, which is insane for a yeah, wireless dude. controller. I, um, I ended up I, – I basically I was like, well, there's no way I'm spending $70 on this because that's way too much money for – me so i ended up looking online and i found like a weird knockoff one that's the it's definitely you know like a, a very cheap knockoff <laughs> to it but it's like the same thing and i i got it because it was like on sale and uh, i was using google express which is like google's like kind of like an amazon thing and it was like oh get another 20 percent off and i was like all right so i bought it and it was one of those controllers for 16 bucks i haven't gotten it yet so i really can't say anything about it but just from the look of it and like reading about it i was like oh this is gonna be so shitty because it's like it doesn't use the same uh usb-c charger as like everything else does now it's like one of the older ones so it's gonna ha have like its own charger for itself and like the battery life to it was only like five hours in comparison and i was like <sighs> i don't want to spend 70 dollars, but this kind of sucks <laughs> so it's basically like using a ps4 controller it's like yeah this lasts one hour and you have to use a micro usb cable which luckily for me i'm an android user so i've got fucking micro usb cables for days dude i know so do i but they're all like hidden somewhere in a closet and i don't want to go through my giant closet of just wires since i have so many <laughs> random things you know how you like you get so many like tech things over the years and then you just like got this pile of wires and you're like oh, i might need this one day so i gotta keep it and then you just never use them and there's just this big ball of like mess that's back there and you're like ugh, i don't i don't even know what these go to didn't you just move aren't you supposed to like get rid of stuff when you go to move I move, yeah well those are already <laughs> in a box sealed like i've had a bunch of stuff like i have so much like tech shit and like uh, games like consoles like old consoles that are just already still taped because i still have not gotten a big like moved to a big enough place where i can have my own dedicated like setup so all of that shit is just still in boxes that i'm like i am not going to sift through this shit because that is way too much work right now that's awesome <laughs> Well, speaking of PS4, we're moving on to our next article. This is over on IGN, written by Jesse Wade, which I should say at this point in the podcast, last week when we did the podcast, I realized all the way at the end that I went through all of the news stories without actually saying any of the author's names. Um, so you can, of course, check out all of the articles uh, in the links below in the descriptions on either the podcast uh, app of your choosing, or you could just check it out on YouTube. Uh, I always include all the links to the articles. But yes, this written by Jesse Wade, uh, P.S. PS4's second cross-platform play game is Rocket League. Uh, so developer Psyonix announced Monday on the PlayStation blog, which is a great blog. You guys should check it out. Um, and that they announced a lot of cool stuff. And the drop is really fun. But from what I understand, it used to be a lot better, which 
I would probably agree because I've only been following it for like two years and yeah, it was better last year. Um, but on the PlayStation blog, that Rocket League now has full cross-platform play. Rocket League players can now matchmake with or against one one another in all online matches on PS4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PC. And they say in parentheses, Steam. Um, and uh, Vice President of Marketing for Psyonix, Jeremy Dunham, said that cross-platform parties will be available and easier to create once they release their first update of the year. Year. Um, and then the article goes on to talk about how Fortnite is also cross-platform play and that, that all that stuff happened. But that's really cool. I'm so excited about that. Um, basically, everyone who talked about how basically like Fortnite had opened the door for cross-platform play, they said that Rocket League would more than likely be the second game to do it. And they all predicted it. It's, yeah. I mean, it is like a phenomenon, like Everybody who plays Rocket League seems to enjoy Rocket League, unless you're a crazy person, because it's, <laughs> it's really fun. Um, but it's just so cool to see like an indie game of all things coming up right after the biggest game in the world, which I would like to say there are a lot of people that... I mean, the definition of an indie game is a little bit up in the air, but it seems to be the consensus as if they are developed and published by the same entity without the assistance of, like, a publisher's money. Um, so, in some circles, Fortnite might be considered an indie game, but not my circle. That's just fucking stupid. <laughs> I was, so, yeah, I was just about to say, I was like, aren't they technically, though? But, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like it's a It's a toss-up. It's it's a genre that doesn't necessarily have a definition, so it's it, that's kind of interesting. But um, are you a big Rocket League player? Are you super excited to to just crush some people on PS4 because of how accurate you are with the mouse and keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I do like Rocket League, but I have not really played it much. I play it every so often, but I'm pretty trash, so I would not be crushing anyone it would be yeah, more so the opposite way um i think it's interesting though because i mean we're going into potentially a whole new you know world of games uh where we can play with anyone anywhere at any time across multiple you know systems i think what's interesting now is like where do we go from here like who's going to be the next one like how many people are actually going to be able to do this because realistically this took a long time so like is this something that's even viable for many games like possibly not just because of you know there's there's got to be a lot that goes into this or maybe not i don't know but based on the time frame of how long it took you know both uh fortnite as well as uh rocket league this could be something that realistically not a lot of people can do unless it's something where they built the ground you know the groundwork for it um but uh, i'm not really sure what do you think is going to be the next game though that comes up you know what i find really weird is that uh, everybody's talking about how playstation doesn't have cross-platform play or it didn't before fortnite did you know that you could actually play uh final fantasy 14 cross-platform no idea you could actually play with pc so i i just think it's a little bit odd that that's always like excluded from the conversations um i mean it's not necessary it's not the cross-platform that uh like fortnite is where fortnite definitely is the largest because you can play with ps4 to xbox one to pc to mobile to switch you can play with all of those whereas i believe final fantasy 14 a realm reborn um which is a final fantasy mmo it's very good I really enjoy it. 
It really pisses me off that you have to pay $15 a month to play it, but that's just a thing. Uh, they are, as far as I know, only allow you to play um, through PS4 and and uh, PC. But also, you could... I mean, it is technically... It's not actually a different platform, but you could also play with people on PS3 as well with that game. You could go PS4 to PS3. So that's really cool. Wow. But yeah, um, the next game that's going to come up... I honestly can't think of something that's like a phenomenon uh, like these games are because, I mean, a lot of people are thinking it might be like the next Call of Duty or something like that, but I honestly, it might be. The the whole issue with those, like the larger games, is that, like you said, you have to put a lot of effort into making cross-platform work. Um and, but it does seem like a lot of different like developers are actually future proofing like uh, Epic did with Fortnite. Supposedly, it was just kind of the flick of a switch like they could have done this a long time ago. And of course, they did uh, with the other platforms. And Psyonix has actually said the same thing where cross platform play was a possibility far like before it actually uh, far before this, which was January 14th. So um. I'm actually just really excited to see what comes next because initially I had thought that like it was possible that like Sony might kind of be kind of dickish gatekeepers when it comes to this and the only games that would become cross-platform are games that uh, basically like games that would they'd be forced to like Fortnite they would have to be that big and uh, with the inclusion of Rocket League in that I, I think that's just it's not true like I'm I was definitely shown that that's not a that's not a thing because Rocket League is nowhere near in in like Fortnite's league um but it is a pretty big game so I I wouldn't be surprised to see that more AAA developers would actually like future proof for cross-platform play so I wouldn't be surprised to see the next Call of Duty or something like that actually be cross-platform but you never know. I think uh, if I had to pick, I think it would be Overwatch. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah, Overwatch would probably be Overwatch would be a good one. I never think about Overwatch. Yeah, that's why I never. That's yeah, I don't. I, I don't really up. play Overwatch either, <laughs> but I just know it has a pretty big following. It has, you know, it's part of every system uh, minus the Switch, um, but that might be coming soon based on you know diablo 3 uh showing up on the switch um and then i know they're they're starting to to try and build out their like e uh esports platform um much more higher in the years to come so maybe that would be one of the things they do to hype up you know overwatch is to be like oh everyone could play together blah blah, blah. you know there, there's multiple things that they could do but i i feel like uh blizzard is you know a big enough company where they'd be able to to take that on and be able to get that done so to speak hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, there there are like there's speculation that with uh, the announcement that, and once again, I'm not going to consider this an indie game just because of what it is. 
I would like to say that right now, even though I have been a fan of this franchise. Um, with the announcement that uh, Bungie has separated from Activision, and they will now be possibly independently publishing Destiny. Yeah, there is like concept. speculation. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, but there is speculation that PlayStation, like that Sony, might actually become uh, that they might actually partner with or purchase Bungie um, to become like a first-party studio. And Dude, I Xbox could see Destiny lose. becoming one. Xbox would lose the fucking race if they lost Halo. Uh, I mean, Bungie doesn't make Halo anymore. They don't. Three four three does. No, th- <sighs> once once Bungie like uh, once Bungie separated from Microsoft, three four three made the last two Halo games. Oh shit! I'm so out of the loop. I don't play Halo, so I haven't played since three. I basically just yeah, fell off because I kind of stopped <laughs> caring about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's 343. A lot of people think it's kind of funny. Um, well, I mean, I've seen a couple different news personalities talk about how weird it is that uh, people are naming their studios after things that are in games they make. So, like, The Coalition um, is a part of the Gears of War franchise, and that's the name of the studio that now makes it. So that's, like, another one where Microsoft, like, uh, Epic no longer makes Gears of War. Now it's The Coalition and 343 now uh, makes the halo games but yeah i i what i was saying was um i i could see destiny becoming the next one that goes cross-platform play if sony was to purchase them but i i don't necessarily know that that will happen um bungie seems pretty content on not being under anyone's thumb at the moment so it's kind of just a toss-up um but now it is time for us to move on to our next segment this is kind of a quick segment i just go through it's called news cram Cram, 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 cram. Always got to pause for that. Um, It is where we go through and just kind of like I read you off the titles and where the articles are from of a bunch of different indie games news because we may not necessarily have a lot to talk about with these news stories. But of course, there's not a lot of indie games news out there. So I want to make sure that our audience gets as much as they can. Um, Once again, you can check out all the links down in the description below. Um, But for our first cram news story, um, this is again. Get after charge free with IGN Prime. Um, then we have what remains of Edith Finch is currently free on Epic Game Store. Uh, Wonder Song launches on PS4 January 22nd. Ooh. I'm very excited for that. I I'm this won't. It's not a precision platformer, so it's not going to be a game that I feel like I need to purchase again on PS4. Uh, but if they do, once again, like I told Greg Lobanov, if they put out physical editions of this game, I will buy it. Oh yeah. It'll be pretty quick. Um, then we've got Prison Architect is acquired by Paradox Interactive. Uh, my time at Portia uh, leaves er, uh, Steam Early Access next week, which, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty soon. For some reason, I thought that I may have snagged that news story a little bit too early. Um, then we've got Unity and Im- Improbable. Im- improbable whatever it doesn't matter um have public argument improbable improbable oh it's improbable fuck i'm so stupid improbable (laughs) teams up with epic to encourage developers away from unity that is the story that i was talking about earlier and that one is over on game informer um i'm very excited to see the ramifications of this if this means much more indie games are going to actually come to the epic game store instead of steam because they will have that zero percent revenue share because they are developed in um in the unreal engine but i also don't necessarily know how easy it is to develop in the unreal engine so 
yeah, that I'm I'm not an expert on that guy. Um, then we've got Ollie Ollie. Uh, Switch Dance brings both skateboarding games to Nintendo's console next month that is over on game informer then we've got retro fps dusk has now sold 69,420 copies so honestly specific. until right now i did not realize that the reason that, that is a story is that it's 69,420. Uh, yeah, yeah. i'm assuming you did not notice that either i didn't notice it <laughs> i but i i noticed the 420 while you were reading and then when you brought up the 69 i was like oh i see yeah, it's that good old 69. Can't, can't forget. <laughs> can't forget. Uh, then we've got Gris developers are working on a small thank you for the fans of the Serene Indie Platformer. And the last news story, uh, that one is over on Twinfinite. And the last news story is uh, The Eternal Castle Remastered is a remake of a game that never existed that over on Polygon. I'm going to tell you right now, that article doesn't make any fucking sense. Super Good luck deciphering <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an interesting read going back and forth between oh the game is real oh wait no it's not is it real I don't I don't know it was very strange yeah this was very strange but of course the strangest thing we do on this podcast is actually our next segment it is called God bless the crowd this is where Josh specifically and sometimes me when I try to invade his privacy uh, <laughs> reach into a bunch of different crowdfunding sites and we pull out a bunch of different indie games that are currently being crowdfunded that we think you guys might want to check out. Or uh, that I want to talk massive shit about. So today we've got. (laughs) Yeah, right. Also, why is always just me? Why is this the weirdest one? I know you were trying to make that transition, um, but I'm pretty sure the weirdest one is when you ask us those freaking questions. That's definitely not weird at all. I'm just trying to get to know you. I don't know why you're being such a bitch about it. Always getting in my business. <laughs> um, so today on the dock for God Bless the Crowd, we have Mancer, Little Legend, Little Legend, and Heroes Ravage, all three on Kickstarter. And I've got some things to say about different ones. So I would like to go down the line on these ones. Um, Mancer. All right. I it it seems like a scam. I'm not all even all joking. Right, all right, all right. This hold, seems hold like up, a scam. Hold up, hold up. So Mancer is uh it's advertised as an online or single player turn-based rpg where your character is its own hunt monsters farm crops trade and explore all your characters are their fucking own i did that's such a dumb thing so the that's one thing i had to say so the the game uh was i didn't actually find this one a buddy of mine sent it over into the discord group that we're in me and a couple of friends and he's like oh this looks kind of cool he's like it's only five bucks um or no it's seven bucks oh man i thought it was five that's interesting yeah dude fuck you that's the early bird you don't get shit i'm pretty sure i'm just kidding you actually do before that's really weird but anyway so it's a very low amount for you to get the digital copy of the game uh and there's even still backers for the seven dollar price for the early bird to get the copy and so he was like oh it looks interesting and i was like okay and from it you can see uh only a few screenshots there's no video there's no you know whatever and that's fine because sometimes when you're doing kickstarters it's a concept it's you know we're going to create this sometimes there are developers who are much more further along than others and so they have a lot more content to show um, which generally will make it easier for people to back it because they have something oh all the five dollar early bird ones are gone that's why there was only 50 okay that's that's what yeah okay i see it down here the all gone okay i was like i was like I was like, there's definitely a $5 one. All right, anyway. (laughs) 
so i was like okay well this looks kind of cool based on the images it's like a it's a pixel art it kind of looks like they're trying to mix like a zelda with a a, a stardew valley i was like I, I could get behind that concept since it's multiplayer i think you know that it has the potential to to be something that you can you know spend a lot of time in and i was reading this kickstarter and the thing that really kind of irks me about it is this specific sense Suffice to say that this has been a long and arduous road in terms of development, but indeed, the Mancer project has been ongoing for over two years. It's a really long road. If this has been going on for two years and you only have, like, two screenshots to show, it's really hard to know where you're going. And also, it's only a $1,000 goal. Like, how much is left and where... Why do you not have anything to show if you're only looking for $1,000 to complete this goal? Which this game seems like it would have a lot in it if you're hunting monsters, farming crops, trading, exploring. Like, there's something strange about this, for sure. It seems like a fucking scam, dude. I'm not even joking. Every time that they go into what this game is, they completely deflect. They're, they say the idea, and then Mancer can can be aptly described as an ambitious vision. That didn't answer my fucking question. I specifically just want to know what your fucking game is. And then it's like uh, one where we wish to take inspiration from titles utilizing, utilizing turn-based combat, such as the older Final Fantasy titles. Uh, mix in a little bit of Stardew Valley, add multiplayer ca- compatibility, and encourage trading and teaming up uh, to conquer challenges. And then, of course, it goes into the suffice to say that literally did not answer any bit of what your fucking game is. And then it's like, what is Mancer? Mancer is a project with multiple playstyles in mind for multiple kinds of people. Within Mancer, you create your own character right away. Who is this character? What is their name? Are they a fighter perhaps? Uh, perhaps they use magic or summon creatures to fight on there. Literally none of this tells you what this damn game is about. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is it kind of seems like when you ask a question and somebody just answers you with a question and you get confused and give them uh, $7 to uh, give them $7, $150. Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird because one of the things that was in the comments was someone was like, okay, well, where's my funding going? And so they did create an update and this is what makes it even weirder is it's like, they're only asking for a thousand dollars, but in their, funding like what they would need they go to simplify while we don't need the funds they would definitely help Uh, i'm talking about being able to afford music composers pixel artists and maybe even a programmer or two to help speed the process of development how do they that's a lot of requests for only a thousand dollars i feel like they're goal needs to be much higher than yeah let alone the fact that it i mean i don't know if this is with every like kickstarter um because i haven't i'm gonna be honest i haven't really paid attention no it's definitely not they must set this date um in their stuff it says estimated delivery is september 2019 Mm -hmm. so you have to kind of wonder how far they are in this game if this game even exists, which I'm still on the fence as to whether or not it's a game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, it still might make it. And there's actually 74 backers, but it's only $553 because of all the people that have pledged the $5 thing. So this still has the potential to make it because it's basically more than half of its goal and it has 24 days to go. If it does make it, um, I'd be interested to see where it goes. Um, 
but at this time i don't know i just i don't have enough to go off of this to really make an informed decision on wanting to spend my money even though it is a rather low uh cost i mean now since you brought up the like what will we spend your money on i would like to point out that all of the tiers starting from 40 250 are basically you creating something in their game so it's like mm, do you really need that money to pay like a pixel artist or are you just gonna make me do the work that definitely just, you get so there's a lot of issues with this, this fucking game dude <laughs> Yeah. See, I don't have a huge issue with that. It's just so weird for me to pay you to make things in your game, which I understand wanting to, like, put your stamp on a game. Because, like, in Pillars of Eternity, there are characters that are created specifically by Kickstarter, like, uh, by their patrons, which is really, really cool. And it specifically says that because they have golden nameplates, which is so cool. But I'm just... This criticism is real because they said they need that money to, like kind of help them finish it quicker and it's like mm, i'd be helping you finish it quicker and i'd be giving you money i don't really understand that <laughs> it doesn't make any sense josh let alone the fact that from 40 dollars or what is it yeah from 40 dollars to 150 dollars you basically get nothing other than making their shit you don't get anything else like you you get the other tiers of course which include like digital copies of the game but that's about it other than a fucking like art book you get like a design a nope that's still asking you to fucking make something all of these are asking you to make something josh this is a scam maybe people want to make something literally from 25 dollars all the way to 150 the only thing that you get out of this is the game and you can make something in it that's the only thing that this Kickstarter offers. It doesn't even offer like a soundtrack like all the others do. I don't know. I'm very I don't know. skeptical. Let's let's move on. We'll see what happens later <laughs> in the future. Let's go to Little Legend. So Little Legend is a, uh, it says the 2D open world adventure. Uh, craft your own magic abilities. Explore a captivating open world and follow the heartwarming story of Pim Pim, uh, who miraculously turns into a flying weasel. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. And that's not I even a joke. It's literally a weasel. I was so confused when I started going into that part. I was like, wait, 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 what? I was like, why would they use that creature? <laughs> Yeah, they're like explore in the in the trailer. It's like explore your abilities to the fullest, and then she jumps off this fucking thing and turns into a weasel and flies. <laughs> Weasels don't fly. I wonder if they know that. That's a little weird. I don't know. It's uh, but from from the gameplay, looking at it, it looks like there's interesting parts to it because you're able to craft spells and you know create your own different abilities in the game to travel through and apparently this is one of those games where it's like you can kill things but you don't have to like you can play a pacifist mode in the game of going through um i don't really know what the story of any of this would be because it's it's obviously very vague at this point um but it it seems like it could be fun i just one of the things that annoys me is from the look of it the gameplay it just it looks like it would be very clunky. It does not feel like oh. it's a smooth game at all. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's exactly how I felt about it. It looks very clunky. Yeah, which which works in some games, you know, like like a Dark Souls. That's you know the style that they're going for. But me personally, that's the type of game play. Like I just get 
I'm very turned off by that style just because if it's not a fluid motion, I just don't want to have to deal with that. So this is one of those things where it looks like it could be fun, but that alone is one of those things that instantly I'm just like, eh, I don't. I don't think this is going to be smooth enough for me. Yeah, that'll definitely be something that annoys me, if I'm being honest. Uh, it also has kind of like, I don't know, there's there's something to be said about um, like 2D platformers that make it obvious when you are like between the foreground and the background. And this game has kind of a unique art style where it doesn't do that, but I could also see that becoming like really annoying, especially because... It seems like you have to use a lot of the environment to actually like go through the the like platforming sections. So not knowing where the environment is would be a little annoying. I I don't yeah not being able to tell the difference between the foreground and the background looks weird. Let alone the fact that the main character looks exactly like Rapunzel, like a copy yeah. and paste of Rapunzel yeah. <laughs> from Tangled. It's a little creepy. It's uh yeah it's it's a little lawsuity if I'm. T- i do like the concept though of the the like the pacifist mode and making it so that every uh everywhere that you go in the world has different paths so they say where you know there might be a more difficult one or more that's uh you know suited for the pacifist mode so it is kind of interesting depending on how they're going to keep that um what's most interesting to me is that they have the magic weasel which i feel like that'll break a lot of points of the game if you're able to just fly through everything but they do say like why do platforming yeah exactly but they do (laughs) say there's probably going to be things in the air that are constantly looking to kill you while you're the weasel because it does say in there that uh even the smallest attack can be fatal when in that mode so it might be one of those things where it's like it's broken but there's also a bunch of things that are going to kill you along the way so you have to make sure you're very cautious i'm i'm interested to see like this game is actually pretty close to being funded it's still got 22 days to go and it's got twenty three thousand seven hundred forty six dollars out of thirty four thousand nine hundred fifteen as their goal so i definitely think that they're gonna make it i do say this is kind of like a testament to people like um sticker shock doesn't necessarily seem to be a thing on kickstarter because it's a pretty big leap from where they have the annoying tier which i always hate which is five dollars in u.s or four dollars I'm going to say quid, something like that. It's like a pound or something. It's interesting, Um, which I will say the fact that they're including updates is a thing. I'll just follow you on Twitter for free. Like, I, why would I pay you five dollars? Yeah, I've seen that a lot in some of the recent ones. Is like their their first tier of paying like a dollar or so is just like, oh, you get constant updates. But it is for the most part, like if you really wanted to, you could just come to this Kickstarter page and look at the update section. You just wouldn't yeah, get an right? email. I mean, it seems to be like a, a largely like symbolic gesture. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah, we'll just give you something because you're not necessarily giving us a lot, but you are giving us something. So I, I know I always knock the $1 tier and the really low dollar tiers, but it is cool that they offer that um, if you want to be part of something and you just don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the huge leap from that $5 tier to $25 to pay for the, the game itself is is a little crazy for me um just because the majority of these is like oh like 12 dollars or something like that to get to it or 15 dollars kind of a thing um where this one goes from five dollars to 25 dollars i don't i don't know why the the 20 dollar leap kind of throws me off but yeah that might well, just be me 
Well, I think if you're really paying attention to like the type of game that they're creating, they do have a lot in this where they're they're porting it to just about every system. They have they have like what looks like three different languages that are actually voice acted in this. So I feel like this is going to be a more I wouldn't say high quality, but more of a uh, more of a game that has many different features to it that most kickstarters when they first come out probably wouldn't um and you can see it does have some some interesting names in there um for like the voice acting already i believe one of them was let me see uh if i go down a little bit uh yeah so for the the voiceovers for uh pim pim so that main character he that is the French voice of Ellie from The Last of Us, Zelda from The Breath of the Wild, and Iris from Final Fantasy. So it seems like they're, you know, they're they're going all out for. They've got some things. high quality talent. Yeah, so it makes sense because realistically, this will probably be a thirty plus game when it goes to market. So I think that you're still technically getting a deal by backing it on Kickstarter for the 25 that it would be now, but it is a little bit of a big jump, especially with Kickstarter games, just because usually it's it's more palatable because you, you don't really know. Like, Kickstarter games can be terrible. You're basically gambling, effectively. Um, and so it's usually more palatable just because it, it is that 12 to $15 range of like, well, if I lose it, it's not going to be the end of the world, whereas with 25 it's that extra 10 and, you know, in the long the grand scheme of things it might not seem like that much but that could be you know a lot to someone who doesn't make as much money so i don't know that's very true i would also like to say for all my physical game fans there are uh for 120 dollars you can get a physical game of this uh you still have to like use how. a digital copy on your consoles but it's only for pc if you want that physical copy uh, how sad <laughs> i, I, yeah, I right? like how i like how you go and you complain that oh it's 25 dollars for the game and then you instantly go like, "What? You can also pay one hundred and twenty dollars <laughs> and get what I want." Like, like so, so that's true. So contradicting, but yeah, I suppose they could do that. They need to stop labeling updates in every single one of these fucking tiers. There's updates. Fuck off! I can do so many things for updates. That is not a bonus. <laughs> Jesus. But there is a lot of cool stuff for this game. But I honestly, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely in your boat. I don't think I'll be picking it up or like even thinking about backing it just because uh how clunky it looks. It's it's a little weird. Um, But speaking of a little bit of clunk, it is time for our last one. This is Heroes Ravage, a multiplayer action game about heroes with no remorse and villagers desperately trying to protect their valuables in an all-out brawl um this is made by the people over at pixel dinos if you guys don't know i actually did an interview with mario from pixel dinos we talked all about different sprites and his worst fears it was really interesting i really enjoyed it and this game actually is a really kind of interesting concept because i never thought about how big of a dick you are in video games until i saw this this game I was like, man, I've always been such an asshole, like stealing from all these NPCs and stuff. Whereas in this, you either play as the NPCs trying to guard their stuff or the heroes trying to steal their stuff. Um, So yeah, it's a really kind of interesting game, uh, game concept. I do have to say... I, I hope Sticker Shock isn't real because they're asking for 61k. Like $61,045 is their goal. Um, 
they still have 33 days left and they have already 515 dollars um but yeah that's just it's a big goal it's very large um but it is it's a very unique and interesting game i will have to say i do have to say that yeah and this is another one of those uh high priced starts um because the only way that you can get the game is to pay uh 17 bucks which i mean it's not much higher than you know the 15 we talked about but it still is a little bit more that being said when i first saw this i was super confused because i was like why would villagers be against the heroes and then when you were explaining like the the being a dick in video games and i was like oh yeah in zelda you always walk through you break everything in their house and then steal all the you know the money and i was I like i was like what a, yeah i am an asshole <laughs> but i was like i was like oh this is such a cool concept and there's there's a lot of of stuff in it that you know that differentiates itself from like just kind of like a zelda clone so to speak um it's definitely have has that pil- uh, pixel look to it but there's a lot of different elements in it of basically what seems like a crazy hide and seek game with traps um but it looks like a lot of fun like it could be very chaotic especially if you have multiple people and you were you were saying um earlier uh that it's not only multiplayer of you know people being on teams fighting against each other but there's also a single player mode if maybe you don't want to do it and just want to actually play against the npc and you can either be that hero who's trying to break all the stuff inside their house or the villager who has to to save their their money so that they can pay for all these kickstarter uh projects (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely think that's cool um another thing that i think is i mean it's it's definitely interesting their their higher tiers include a lot of interesting stuff mostly cosmetic stuff um of course you can get like different wallpapers and stuff but i do have to say i really enjoy all the kickstarters that at the higher tiers they offer you more copies of the game um especially this one because like at their their highest tier which is uh in in us in dollars it's $1141 um otherwise it's it's 100 of a different currency cuz i don't know what that symbol means i'm just going to say it's pounds i'm just, i'm going to say that right now yeah i'm pretty sure it is yeah it's it's like a 1000 pounds they offer you four copies uh digital copies of Hero Ravage, heroes ravage and you also uh get four copies uh for the closed alpha so you could like this game is largely focused on multiplayer and they seemingly understand that so if you're paying for the higher tiers you definitely deserve an experience with your friends so i really like that i think that's cool um i also just think the concept of this game is really interesting and unique and i really hope it gets funded uh but of course they did that one dollar tier so fuck <laughs> that's annoying as hell uh you get all you um all unlocked sketch goals or stretch goals and achievements i'm assuming that means you just get to know about it i i don't really know um and you get an hr you get a high res high res digital wallpaper for a dollar which is interesting um let's see yeah right oh also it's it's euros not pounds damn it what's the difference seriously i'm not even joking what is the difference in euros and pounds uh, i'm assuming it's google will probably know yeah i'm assuming it's like british currency versus other places in europe but uh well i can tell you that one euro equals 0.88 pound 
Oh wait, pound sterling. What is pound sterling? Is there a different? Is there a different <laughs> pound, pound sterling? Welcome pound to sterling. the currency podcast, everybody. Uh, this is an exciting day. I know. Pound and euro behave as if they are the same currency. A new analysis of data from foreign exchange markets shows that the pound and the euro have always behaved as if they are the same currency. Uh, surprisingly, these revelations are not the work of economics or bankers. Whatever. I don't think there's a difference. Good enough for me. <laughs> You're like, they're basically the same thing. All right. Well, cool. So... <laughs> One thing I do also enjoy that I've always had an issue with in games, if you've listened to the podcast, is that you can actually customize your character as much as you want. That's really cool. And these guys being huge fans of uh, dishing different games, they include stuff from like Final Fantasy, like the Buster Sword, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah. Just, I just, that's really cool to me. You also I enjoy get, little homage. You also get little pets to ride on. One of them's riding a chicken. Yeah, yeah, you can get different mounts. Uh, there's something really interesting in this game where, like, the chickens are this, like, ultimate weapon where you can, uh, you can actually, like, the, the chicken, if they hit it, that it, like, goes Super Saiyan is what he told me. Um, so yeah that's that's weird but also very interesting uh, and i also think it's cool that they have like uh they have like achievements for the different like followings that they could get based on like twitter or uh facebook and stuff like that discord mm-hmm. so that's really cool but i'm excited for this game i think it looks cool <laughs> But that means it's time to almost wrap up our podcast with our last segment of the podcast. This is the Indie Games release schedule for the week. Uh, This is the week of January 13th through the 19th. This is where we run you through all of the indie games coming out on different platforms. Um, Of course, I separate them by different platforms, and I will tell you the date that they come out. Um, I do try to make sure that if they do come out on multiple different platforms, I just include them in their own category called multiple, but it is always possible that I might accidentally not do that. So just be prepared for it and be prepared to hear me mispronounce names or just get really agitated because I say like fries day. Oh, I can't wait. Like I have in the past. Those are the best days. I'm I'm so surprised I haven't said it in a while. I probably just jinxed myself, but I'm very proud of myself. Here comes Fraz Day. So, yeah, right. Uh, so for our first category, this is multiple. Uh, we have As Divine Hearts 2 comes to PlayStation 4 and Vita, which is actually just out now. You can go pick that one up. Uh, we have Planet R-I-X-13 or Planet Rix 13. Not 100% sure. Uh, comes to PlayStation 4 and Vita Wednesday, January 16th. Um, we have Y2K a postmodern RPG, or as the cool kids know, the good old Yik, uh, comes to PlayStation 4, Windows PC, Switch, V, and Vita on Thursday, January 17th. Then we've got Hell Warden, or Hell Warders, comes to Xbox One and the Nintendo Switch on Thursday, January 17th. Um, Now for just the PS4 games, we've got holy potatoes we're in space uh comes to playstation 4 that's just out now you can go play that do you play as potatoes i guess that's a thing um then we've got like a bunch of those holy potato game but they're all just different styles of games like there's a no fucking way yeah you've never heard about that series there's like a holy potatoes a weapon shop or whatever that's it's like uh it's basically like you're a bunch of potatoes running a, a weapon shop 
Uh, kind of like Moonlighter, but without the the fighting dungeon part. But without the cool parts. Got it. Without the... <laughs> and I play as a fucking potato. I'm so excited about these holy potato games. There's nothing wrong with being a potato, man. Don't don't <laughs> don't start potato people out there. Don't don't listen to him. We love you. Yeah, I'm not discriminating against don't. potato people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so then we've got Bane on PS4. Uh, comes out Tuesday, January 15th. Smoke and Sacrifice comes to PlayStation 4 Tuesday, January 15th as well. And uh, now on to Xbox. We've got Alvestia Chronicles. Uh, comes to Xbox One Thursday, January 17th. Guacamelee 2 comes to Xbox One Friday, January 18th. And Farm Together comes to Xbox One Saturday, January 19th. Now to the Switch games, we've got Feudal Alloy, which is actually a really interesting concept, uh, but I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, <laughs> Feudal Alloy comes to the Nintendo Switch Thursday, January 17th. Oct- uh, Octahedron uh, Transfixed Edition comes to the Nintendo Switch Thursday, January 17th. As Divine Hearts, like I said, Sometimes I mess up, and there's different shit, or it's on a different day. I don't know. As Divine Hearts 2 comes to the Nintendo Switch Thursday, January 17th. Gunman Clive HD Collection comes to Switch Thursday, January 17th. Son of a bitch. Holy Potatoes, We're in Space is also on the Nintendo Switch on Thursday, January 17th. Yeah, uh, Bedtime Blues, is it different? Yeah, because PlayStation 4, it's already out. For Nintendo Switch, you have to wait. Oh, there you go. It's on a different day. I'm just annoyed that it's coming out on several consoles. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, Bedtime Blues comes to Switch Thursday, January 17th. Left Right The Mansion sw- comes to Nintendo Switch Thursday, January 17th. Fight of Gods comes to Switch Friday, January 18th. And Old School Racers 2 comes to Switch Friday, January 18th. Um, so the two games that I wanted to talk about are actually Fight of Gods and Feudal Alloy. Fight of Gods is really cool. It's a weird like fighting game where you play as different gods from different religions. And you can actually play as Jesus which is really interesting. Uh, he breaks off pieces of the cross and uh, uses them as as uh, weapons. That uh, actually, like, there is a news story a while ago about people losing their shit over that game. And yeah, feudal alloy is actually where you are a goldfish that controls a robot. It's weird, but yeah, both yeah. really interesting game concepts. Ah, oh, fight of gods! What a what an offensive game! How nice. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like, want to play Jesus punching like the Pope in the face. It's uh, something there. It's, it's <laughs> sounds like something I'd be into. I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah. So for mine, uh, I definitely have to go with Y2K, uh, a postmodern RPG, or as you like to call it, the the good old Yick, good old <laughs> Yick boys. So they just it's such an eventful title. Like it's such a cool title, but also I hate the fact that they it's all it's yeah. I wish I wish they would have just That's put it. the number two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right? They should have just done two. Yeah, it would have been it would have been nicer, so <laughs> we didn't have to keep calling it Yik. Uh but but no it you looks You don't have it, to keep doing it. I'm I mean I don't. It. You're gonna keep doing it. I know <laughs> you're gonna keep doing it, and it's gonna make me talk about it like that. Uh but it looks really cool. It's a, a very like old school uh, looking RPG. Um, it's back in the 90s when Y2K happened for anyone who doesn't know 
the history of Y2K, read a book. Um, but it's basically that versus, uh, not versus, but including some kind of like uh, just weird sci-fi stuff that's happening. But the, the gameplay to it looks interesting, though, because it, it has a very Mario RPG style of it's turn-based combat, but your attacks have like little mini games in between so i definitely want to see how that plays into it and how closely it is to like a mario rpg because man if it's close to it i'll I'll take anything that's like that i I miss mario rpg back before they destroyed the series (laughs) see once again something that errol should be on for so i really wish that we like used actual like I wish that we did this as a video, not just an MP3 or something. Cause I went to rub my eyes while you were talking and my girlfriend, like she wasn't at all near me and then somehow popped up in front of my face and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't uh, make any noise. You're very, very quiet, uh, scared person. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of flipped out to myself and thought about whether or not I should tell somebody about it. And I'm going to tell our one listener, which is me. And now we're here. <laughs> it's been a long road. Yeah, man, we gotta we gotta start doing uh doing this on Twitch and just do a live stream of it. I wish we could. It'd be I mean, I just don't understand how Twitch works. Once again, another segment of the podcast that I just don't understand how it works, so it probably won't happen. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty easy. You can there's a lot of things out there that make it complicated, but for like the basics of just streaming something, uh I don't think it would be that hard. We'll, we'll figure it out. One day we'll do it. We'll do a special episode. Eventually it'll happen. Yeah. Once, or, Probably once I move into a new place and have my own room for recording. But yeah. Be cool. yeah. But the last segment of the podcast, the real last segment of the podcast, is where I bring a random question to the table and I ask Josh and make him feel really uncomfortable. But Anyway, I got to go. Uh, so see you guys later. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Luckily for him, I forgot today. Until I had said something about it at the beginning, until I had said something about it at the beginning of the podcast. So he got off scot free on this episode of the podcast. I do not have a weird probing question uh, to ask you about. Oh, you don't? Oh my goodness. What are we going to end this I don't know. I always toss it up in the air to ask somebody about their genitalia, like some weird question about it, but I feel Uh, like that's just a little bit too weird for an indie games podcast. Yeah, my testicles are doing just fine anyway, so we could skip that question for now. (laughs) Well, that's about it for this episode of the Indie Inclusion Podcast. You (laughs) guys, of course, (laughs) that's exactly how I'm going to end this. Uh, You guys can check this out on all sorts of different podcast services. We've got it on uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Google Music, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening if you guys would like to follow me you can follow me at high legion on twitter and you can follow josh at the underscore george 90 super easy to find us and of course check out all of our written content over on parallaxmedia.1 thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you guys have a great day bye guys yeah what is that (laughs) that's my fucking roommate being a dumbass that's what that is